0: Hello, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. I think I was just a little too loud there because the monitor went too yellow. And for those of you that know, if it's green, it means the monitor is happy. If it's yellow, it means it's getting a little irritated and if it's red it means that it's upset with me so i need to keep my voice by volume down a little bit so i don't make it peek up that far but we just celebrated a beautiful weekend of feast days on friday we had the feast day of the sacred heart of jesus on saturday we had the feast day of the immaculate heart of our lady and today it is the beautiful feast day of sunday of sabbath rest and so praise god for just all of his goodness and for all of the wonderful feast days we had this past week one of my favorites obviously is you know obviously the sacred heart of jesus and being able to participate in that sacramental reality and all of jesus's promises for those who keep the devotion to the first nine fridays and also the promises of the sacred heart really cool i was praying a novena actually to the immaculate heart of our lady for rain because we have not had rain here in the valley of the blue ridge for quite a while now and it's a bit challenging. Not that we can't water our plants and our crops, but just water irrigation in the midst of like drier, warmer weather is a bit more challenging because the f- our fortunately we have had immense amount of produce and everything of that nature. But when you go to pick the produce and such, the the bushes and the plants are so dry and brittle that they break very easily and that's always very has a very negative impact for the future agriculture years and crops and such. So praise God today we had rain. The day after I finished the novena, the Lord sent forth rain this afternoon and the earth just absolutely soaked it up and everything got some nourishment. So praise God for that and for all the blessings that he sends us. I just defeated my father in a ping pong championship, so That was pretty exciting. We played a total of five games and I beat him three to two. He's an excellent ping pong player, but um, he taught me too well, I think, because I'm surpassing him. And I say that with all humility (laughs) and with his permission to say that. But um, it's just you got to be frank. No, no pressure, no diamonds. So praise God for the opportunity to play ping pong. It's an ongoing competition in this in this family, particularly because I think I think my dad in many ways lets me win. But uh, we won't go there. I I'll just own it for the moment. <laughs> but today we're talking about a really awesome, fun topic, and one that's been on my heart a little bit lately, and well, not a little bit, quite a bit lately, actually. And it has to do with with loving ourselves as God made us and more so how to really have the courage to be who God made you to be. And the reason why this has been on my heart a lot is because this past week, I've had the immense privilege Um, I mean, I always have the immense privilege, but particularly this past week, I'll focus in on that. I had the immense privilege of helping out with a summer program that they were doing at our parish for the kids, Um, I think it was like kindergarten through sixth grade, and then the older kids, like seventh through ninth grade, were able to help with the kids at the program, so they had like some faith formation, like formation going on, and then uh, they had like some crafts for the kids and then I was placed in charge of activities and I always love that I'm placed in a position where I don't necessarily have like one specific grade or one specific class but I'm in a position where I get to experience all the kids and I kind of get a rotation of all the kids at some point and so I get to encounter all of them and, and love them as Christ would call me to love them and it's a beautiful experience so I was in charge of activities meaning I get to do the games basically however I want and I can really base them off of like uh, the curriculum for that evening and such and, and really get into it and delve into it and have a conversation with them and then conclude with something fun. And there's a really cool dynamic there because when you're able to have that relatability with the kids uh, by introducing them to something fun, they kind of open up and then like, you know, they're, they're really relaxed and they're calm and they're enjoying themselves. So then you're able to plant that seed of truth about the topic we're discussing whether it be the eucharist or sacred mass or confession or or sin or whatever it may be you're able to place that seed of truth in there because they they they're comfortable with you and they open up to you and then you go right back into the fun and they just like it's just like you planted that seed of truth and sometimes i don't even recognize it but you you planted it and you have to have faith that god will send the next person along to water it um so i had that beautiful opportunity of participating in that regard this past week and just realizing that like when I'm able to embrace opportunities like this to really like affirm and confirm like God's goodness in others and like call others forth to sanctity that it inspires me and like motivates me all the more for me to keep my own eyes focused on Christ. And like as much as I'm like talking to these kids and directing these kids and like, and and encouraging them to remain pure and innocent holy and to remain a child of God like I am all the more talking to myself and reminding myself and I think the reason why I have such um, an ability and why God puts me in such a position to be able to speak such truth to these kids and and to people in my life on a daily basis is because he's given me the grace of being confident in who I am his, his daughter not of any like greatness of my own or that I'm so wonderful or anything of that nature but but confidence in, in my mission has his daughter of, of I'm your and you chose to create me, Lord. And, and you chose to give me the mission of being able to affirm that reality of, of other beloved sons and other belo- beloved daughters and to be able to affirm in others your goodness and your mission for them that you've given me this courage because you don't just send me forth. You call me by name first. You form me. You mold me. You know who I am. You show me who you are. And permit me to grow in love and admiration for you, who you are. And so in turn, all I desire to do is share that with others. And so I can confirm in others which you have affirmed in me, Lord. And so it's this beautiful dynamic and just recognizing that so many people don't have that freedom to be able to love others as God would desire them to because they first don't know how to love themselves as God would desire them to. They don't have confidence in, in the intentionality and in the purpose and in the, in the beauty and the passion the power that God created them with. So we're going to be delving into what it really looks like to be to be able to live in a place of love in a in a place of like grasping and like but not like grasping in like a but like like standing firm on the foundation of the reality that you are made for such amazing things you are made for greatness and and it's so important to love god it's so important to love others it's so important to love yourself through a life which is true good and beautiful and and in order to do so you have to draw your attention to loving yourself as god made you and that is a whole journey of experiences god of experiencing god's love which will ultimately give you hope joy peace contentment really kind of in many ways gives you like the spiritual blinders to be able to like stay in your lane and not play this game of comparison because you were not made to pursue holiness like anyone else. God's going to call you to holiness in, in a very unique way because you are a unique, beautiful creation extreme, like with, with, with a specific purpose, with an extremely crucial role in this world. And he chose you for it. And, and there's many ways that you can be misled by the world to change who you are, to be confused, to lay low, to not, not speak what's on your mind, not speak with truth, not speak with integrity, not convict others of the love and the, and the fortitude that they were created to uphold in their dignity. Because ultimately we're all destined to be in a place of a loving relationship with God, with others, and with ourselves. And having that first fold relationship with with loving God and loving ourselves in turns opens so many other doors for us to love others well. Now I just want to preface this episode that when I say loving ourselves, it doesn't mean by placing ourselves first. What it does mean is placing our relationship with God first, meaning placing God first in our lives and growing in that relationship with Him that needs to be first. Because we're we can't we can't feed others, spiritually speaking, if we don't first Um, obtain the nourishment that we need from our relationship with God. So let's dive into a couple points that I have here. And before we do so, oh, hold the phone. Don't go anywhere. I really wanted to, I just ran over to my bookshelf. I really wanted to open. I know we're like a few minutes into the podcast already. I'm sorry. But (coughs) excuse me, the Holy Spirit reminded me, I really wanted to start with this prayer. Um, First of all, if you are i'm not familiar with uh the prayer for purity uh or any kind of like consecration prayer to our lady that you pray on a regular basis i highly recommend you do um get into a habit of making like a daily consecration to our lady because she is just such a beautiful example of living in that like that perfect union with god and in offering her her daily yes and her and her fiat um Totally and faithfully and purely to God. So, I want to begin with this prayer that I found um, that was actually gifted to me on a prayer card a little while ago, like a long time ago, actually. And I recently found the prayer card and I'm in love with the prayer. So, I wanted to share it with you all. Um, Let's begin all things as we should. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Mary, Virgin and Mother, Create in me a powerful love for all that is clean and pure. Obtain for me from Jesus an open and humble heart, so that the value of my service to others will be multiplied. Do not let me gloat over praise or be discouraged by criticism, but teach me how to be true and to live my life honestly. May my sins be few and my rewards at heaven's gate be many, just as you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And we um, are going to dive into today's episode. So before we do so, I just dropped the card, so I had to pick it up. Um, Before we do so, I wanted to share some very exciting news with you all. So God, as you know, has done so many amazing things. Well, actually, no, wait. If you want to hear the announcement, you'll have to stick around for the end. We're going to share that at the end of the episode. Let's get into today's episode. So firstly, first thing I want to point out, you are called to love yourself as God made you and as God loves you. So it's very difficult sometimes to know your inherent dignity. To be able to receive God's love and live out the truth of who you are as his beloved. Now, if you break apart that word beloved, it obviously is be loved. Permit yourself to be loved by God. And it takes A lot of people, many, many years, to come to a place where they're able to receive God's love and and try to love themselves because they often look at the weaknesses of their body, of their past, of their mind. And and oftentimes, you know, when we're younger, we're trying to figure out who we are, we're tempted to desire to be someone other than who God has made you to be. You play that game of comparison in this world that makes it so easy to always compare yourself to others, to always think that you need to be something other than you are. You always want to be smarter or stronger, or bigger or faster or smaller or being able to be on a particular team or p- involved in a particular sport or just something other than what you are. And it's so common for people as you know, humans to want to be something other than what they were really created to be. And, and for those of us that have the immense privilege of being baptized, you're called as God's beloved adopted sons and daughters. Um, to embrace the reality that He loves you unconditionally. And and that love, that unconditional love, is true regardless of the fact if you think you're worthy of the love or not, or if you struggle to recognize your love, or if you struggle to recognize that you were created for, with, and in love. If you think you're unlovable, the reality is that God loves you unconditionally and just as God loves you he delights in you and he rejoices in you and so you are turned to rejoice you, you you have the vocation in turn to be able to re- rejoice and delight in who you are and who others are as well because you are created in his image others are created in his image and if you're called to share eternal life with him if that's what he invites you to it's a it's a it's a weighty call. It's it's a it's one that carries immense gravity and an immense weight to it. But at the same time, it is this vocation of abounding joy and the reality that you've been given a unique identity, in which you are able to pursue holiness, and in the same time encourage others in whatever unique way God desires them to to be able to pursue holiness. So, although God has created us with, with um, has you know Saint John Paul II states, you know, like an inner power that draws us toward all that is true, good, and beautiful, it's very easy to go astray. It's very easy to stumble, to fall, to to not fully understand ourselves and and the great gift of who we are. But Genesis affirms that. God created mankind in His image, and in the image of God, He created them male and female. He created them. And so, you're able to fully rejoice in being created in the image of God. But how? How do we know that? How, like, how, what does that look like? And you're able to fully rejoice in being created in the image of God by knowing and loving yourself as God made you. What does that actually look like? How do you actually know yourself? How do you actually love yourself well? And I think that falls into the second point that we're going to make here is that your authentic identity is able to be grasped, if you will, through the gift of human reason. You have been given a rational soul. Thomas Aquinas um, clarifies for us that there's different, there's a variance of souls. You have the vegetative soul, the sensitive soul, and then the rational soul, which we as humans possess we have the intellect and will and it's very important for us to recognize that we are able to come we as humans are able to understand our authentic identity not only by way of the truths which God reveals to us through Scripture and the Church and the Magisterium, but also by our own ability to reason. Reason has rational creatures because if you're able to use your intellect, your senses, and your like faculties of human reasoning, you're able to know objective truths by by nature, which which science I guess in turn can you know reveal further or just. Disc- or you know just dissect further or explain further and if you look at the history of humanity whether they are christians or non-christians whether they're you know scientists or philosophers or not like you're able they've they've discovered that there are inherent truths by observing the very nature of things the very design of things the very function that entities possess and when humans reason is used you know, correctly and up and up and morally and upright that you're, that it, we live in objective reality. And so if we are able to apply natural reasoning to understand the nature of our identity as humans, then you're able to determine by observation of like a simple, like of, um, like, like even as a young kid on a farm, I grew up on a farm. It was easy to figure out if a newborn calf or a newborn kitten or whatever was male or female by observation, because you just you discover how they act and and you understand the particular features, the particular characteristics, the particular purposes, the the nature of the thing, for the way that each animal each creation was was intended for the purpose for it and and the uniqueness therein and so when you learn in honor from nature how nature is designed and intended to function by the very nature of the thing in turn you discover the authentic truth of the inherent nature of that particular creation so if god has created us male and female in our bodies and souls together then, has John Paul II emphasizes in Veritatis Splendor, is that body and soul are inseparable; they stand or fall together. And so, you know, as Catholics, we can understand from Scripture, Scripture in line with tradition, um, that God has revealed about God has revealed that who we are as His beloved sons and daughters is uniquely male and female, and the gen- the, the genius therein. And so, part of discovering the truth of who we are as God's beloved. And how God loves us and knows us is, is, is recognizing that our identity as humans is found in the unity of, of what it means to be body and soul. And so your body and soul together make up the essence of who you inherently are, who God created you to be, how he loves you, and who he des- how he desires you to love yourself. So it's in your body that you're able to see the truth that God created you male and female. There's that difference in there. And part of the calling to rejoice and delight in who we are, who are called to be includes like that effort to seek with perseverance and um, like fidelity and authenticity the full truth of masculinity and femininity. And it, and it means learning to accept the, the bodily aspect of your nature, to care for it, respect it, its fullest meaning. Valuating, valuing the gift of femininity and masculinity and their immensely unique realities. And so, although you may have that inner power that draws you towards that which is good, true and beautiful, your conscious which leads you and guides you, you also have the human weakness and the frailty of, of, of what it means to be a human with a fallen nature. And you have to develop and learn to, to guide your impulses and your habits and everything towards that which is good, true and beautiful. And the truth of the human body is not that the body is merely an organism, which you are just like dwelling in, but rather like it is the man, the human person who expresses himself by means of that body. And St. John Paul II states that like in this sense is, is the body And, and that the human body in all its truth is the body present, permeated, excuse me. Um, above all by the whole reality of the person and its dignity male and female and so with that in mind god calls us to love our 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 human bodies in all its truth to love ourselves and others the way that he desires to make us as b- beloved daughters and sons beloved daughters and sons destined for eternal joy for eternal happiness with him so I ended on that note of happiness, but that actually pulls us into our next point: is that authentic happiness is only found in embracing with courage, and authentic, like with with courage and authenticity, um, your created identity. It's true that all of us, in some way or another, we're all trying to find happiness. We're all trying to seek that which will fulfill us and give us contentment, and and ultimately, that's found when we unite ourselves to a good. So perfect happiness, however, is only accomplished by uniting ourselves to that which is, you know, the ultimate good—God Himself. And uh, Thomas has an Saint Thomas Aquinas has an excellent point in his um, writings that he expresses that to like, unite ourselves to God, you first have to recognize and embrace the dignity bestowed on the creatures which are created in God's image. Because as humans, we didn't create ourselves, right? In our therefore like our inherent dignity is our or, or even our identity um like the truth the goodness the beauty of who we are and how we are like intended to function dependent upon our nature and as revealed by god like it's all given as a priceless gift by a god who loves unconditionally so when we come to realization of that and are able to respect and rejoice in the gift of, of that unique identity and the reality of the, the correlation of our body and soul as male and female, you're able to then find authentic happiness in abiding in your true identity as God's beloved. And I see this so often in our society, this, this immense tragedy the reality that people in our culture embrace many ways of thinking that disrespects the true nature of how we were created. And, and they try to claim ways of redefining the realities of, of what it means to be a human, of what it means to be a male, of what it means to be a female. And unfortunately, that path only leads to greater sadness, greater confusion, greater disunity with God. Because whenever we try to make ourselves happy by trying to change what we were created to, to, to be, to do, we're denying truth. We're denying goodness. We're depriving ourselves of that which is beautiful. And such self-seeking choices... Violate God's creative beauty in ourselves and in others. And, and it, it destroys relationships, it destroys relationships with ourselves. It destroys relationships with others. It destroys relationships with God because self self-love is empty. It's unfulfilling. It doesn't give us happiness. We were made in God's image and likeness, not just like has a nice thought. Not just like has a nice reality of, oh, that was so nice of God to make us in his image and likeness, but no, to, to impress upon us the reality that we are destined for being in divine love with him eternally, not only with him, but with others and ourselves. And I, I learned that, well, I mean, I don't know exactly where I want to turn here, but I'm going to let the Holy Spirit take over, but I've, I've really recognized that like when i talk to people about this reality of their identity something that i really have to stress for them is that happiness is not found in changes of 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 like who like of just the bodily portion of who they are as humans but in a like a simultaneous growth of their body and soul growing in the pursuit of god and in that <laughs> That looks different in many situations. So there's a lot of variances there. There's a lot of nuances there of what it actually means um, to be able to to pursue God and and grow in that direction by by growing spiritually and and mentally and emotionally and physically well in holiness. Um, there's many people who are severely disabled in this life and they desire to do certain things and you know walk or get out of bed or have some form of like independence, but if we're, if, if there's many people who, when they learn to accept their limitations and they focused on something greater themselves, such as loving God and loving others, um, they become some of the happiest people because they know God, they know God's love for them. They come to appreciate. Ways in which they're able to love themselves just as God made them, but at the same time not rest, not necessarily like stay there. They're able to rest in the reality that they are lovable just the way they are, but at the same time accept the challenge that they are called to greater perfection as God's beloved. So if authentic happiness is found in loving relationships, not in external things like possessions, accomplishments, you know, the, the frivolous things, um, then we have to realize that authentic happiness can found be found in that loving relationship that God extends to us. So, in struggling to understand our created identity, God still loves us in that struggle. And He does something really beautiful in the midst of it, is that He asks us to do the same. And one of my all-time, like, favorite themes about Catholicism, I mean, there's so many things I could pull on from Catholicism, but... One of the things that I really appreciate that Catholicism stresses, stresses is that it maintains the solid teaching um, and teachings that are based on what God has revealed in Scripture. And I turn to the words of Mark chapter 12, verse 30, where he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And there's such clarity here. First, love God. Secondly, love your neighbor. It doesn't end there though. Thirdly, love your neighbor as yourself. Meaning, God calls you to love him. He calls you to love your neighbor. And if he's calling you to love your neighbor as you love yourself, then he's also calling you to love yourself as the beautiful creation that God made you. And it's when you love others and desire others' authentic happiness that our God-given identities as human beings truly is given the opportunity to flourish. The common good of our society demands a lot. It demands a lot, and it promotes self-love. It it promotes empty relationships. It promotes um, faulty happiness, like unauthentic happiness. Uh, And it's so important. It's so crucial. We have this mission to protect the innocence, um, the objective truth, the purity and goodness of, of our bodies and our souls designed by God so as not to be deceived into thinking that attempting to change our identities as the world desires us to will bring happiness that only relationship with God can. And it's so important that we protect and promote that which is objectively good, true, and beautiful. And uphold the beauty of what it means to be male, female, body, and soul united, correlated, the gift that is given to us. We have to protect this gift. We have to uphold it. We have to persevere. Because God calls us to something more than what we... Like, he calls us to something more than we could ever imagine. Okay? He calls us to something so beautiful. And as Catholics, Christ impels us to love any who may desire, attempt, strive to change who they are, and go against his ultimate plan for them. It's so frustrating when we recognize people who are living lives that are fraudulent, who are looking for happiness in all the wrong places. Maybe you are that person. Christ desires us to love, to love others, even when they are seeking happiness in all the wrong places, to love ourselves, to recognize that He loves us. And it's not a form of staying in a place where we shouldn't be just because God loves us unconditionally, but recognizing because He loves us unconditionally through our lives, through our words, through our actions, through our habits, through our behavior, we have to love Him in return. And the best thing that we're able to do for those that love that for those that reject God's love, for ourselves when we reject God's love, is to pray, is to love, is to speak truth, goodness, and beauty. Permit God to speak good truth, goodness, and beauty, permit others to speak truth, goodness, and beauty, and to then in turn speak truth, goodness, and beauty into the lives of those around us. Sharing the truth in love is a beautiful duty, a beautiful mission, a beautiful purpose that we've been gifted. As God's beloved and that was a situation I found myself in this past week was that I was given so many opportunities to sp- to speak the truth speak about that which was good true and beautiful with love out of love for these souls that God thought were worthy enough to create and I merely gifted the opportunity to experience them I'm gifted the opportunity to cross paths with them you know I, I share this I'm gonna end with this story, which I I share with absolute humility, um, but it was just a really beautiful experience that I, I wanted to kind of conclude here with. And that was uh, we were playing a game uh, with the with the kids. It was like the second to last day and we were doing activity. and as I mentioned, the the seventh through ninth graders, um, they assist with the games or the activities that I, I do. Um, they'll help me set up or they'll just kind of help keep the kids. In check when we're when we're getting ready to play and everything and i was dividing kids into teams because we were going to do a obstacle course relay race which was super fun and as i was dividing the kiddos into teams um i was dividing them by names and there was quite a few kids um, and i like i said had the gift of being able to experience all the kids in, in all the grades at different points because their groups were rotated And I was saying their names, and one of the um, teen helpers said, Oh, you know all their names? And without hesitation, the Holy Spirit gave me this answer, and I looked up at him, and I said, I said, they're children of God. their names worth knowing. And these words were not mine by any measure. They were completely the Holy Spirit, because I knew the Holy Spirit was giving me the opportunity to speak truth into this teen who was recognizing I knew the kids' name, but it just struck me. Like, as I'm sure it struck the teen whom I was speaking to, but it struck me at the same time in that, like, of course, like, all these kiddos are God's beloved sons and daughters. I'm God's beloved son and God's beloved daughter. And he permits me to encounter him in these beautiful creations that he thought were worthy enough to send to the world. They're not accidents. They're not mistakes. They were They're each, every single one of them created with a unique, beautiful, good, true, authentically, just life-filled purpose. God doesn't do anything unintentionally. He doesn't make mistakes. No, he created every single one of these children with such plan and such purpose and such love the least I could do is know their names because God thinks they're worthy enough to create. I think they're worthy enough to know, and I think they're worthy enough to call by name. So it's just such a beautiful experience, not only for myself, not only for the teen helper, but I'm sure for the kids also to be able to hear that. And so I conclude with that story because you are alive (laughs) and being alive is an opportunity to love God To love others, and love others has God called you to be. St. Ignatius of Loyola said that um, there are very few men who realize what God would make of them if they abandon themselves entirely to his hands and let themselves be formed by his grace. So as we go into this beautiful next week of all the beautiful feast days, the last week of June, all the wonderful, you know, feast days and and celebrations and the beautiful liturgy that we'll be experiencing and everything, Um, just recognizing that you're called to be a person who abandons themselves to God's hands entirely, and in turn, rest in that authentic friendship with Him so that He can form you in His grace, so you may love as He desires you to love. And that's kind of all I had to say here. So I'm sure you could just hear the passion behind what I'm saying here because I'm so passionate about this, this conversation. I'm so passionate to share the beauty of this conversation with you all. So be assured of my prayers. And I look forward to chatting with you again next time in the Promethean Perspective. But in the meantime, keep striving for holiness. Keep growing in the walk of sanctity, of humility, and remember to pray. Very important. I challenge you to a wonderful week lived in the, the, um, the beauty of a relationship with God. And actually I'm going to conclude with a challenge here. I challenge you to come up with at least two practical things that you're going to implement into your day every day this week that will help you grow in love of yourself as God would desire you to love. And then in turn, The second thing you do, take that love and love as he would desire you to love others. And that's it. God bless you. Bye.